all about jobs and career. I think this episode is going to be really helpful for a lot of you who were where I was this time last year, which was, you know, you're a senior in college or maybe like finishing your fifth year. You have one more semester, you know, May is coming quick because the fall went by so fast and you're starting to be like, oh my God, like what? I I used to have literal like night terrors at this time Mm -hmm. last year because I was like, I mean, I obviously ended up doing something like totally different, but I was like, I feel like I should be applying to jobs. Like, what do I do? I would call out like once a week crying and literally once a week. Hopefully this episode helps a lot of people, but But I think it was helpful for like my age too. Like a lot of my friends are going through transitions where they want to switch careers or ask for a raise or, you know, something like that. And I think that Darcy had great advice. Yeah. Today we're joined by Darcy Smith. She's a career coach who helps people land jobs and gain confidence in interviews and in the workplace. She had tons of good advice and she also offers services to help people land their dream job and help with things like resumes and cover letters. So I'm really excited she could join us today. I love her social media and her TikTok and all the videos she does because they're so quick and helpful. Just like, you know, how to accept an offer, what should be on your resume. They're so helpful and I just really like the way she does them. Yeah. I feel like these days no one wants to watch a YouTube video for like 45 minutes, like how to do well in an interview. So her TikToks and Instagram reels really help you learn in like a short attention span, which is kind of how I am. So yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has the attention span of 45 yeah. seconds max. So this episode will be really helpful for if you're either trying to, you know, start your first job or switch jobs or ask for a raise in your current job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how is your week going? Tell me about it. High of the week. Actually, I'm going to start with my low because it was sad. It was a sad one. But um on Tuesday, I had to – I didn't have to, but on Tuesday, I left Mississippi. I left Oxford, um, started my journey back to Hawaii. I had to tell mom and dad bye, and it was so weird. Like, I talked about this on my Instagram story a little bit, but in July, when I moved to Hawaii for the first time, I literally was at the airport. I think I hugged mom and dad in, like, 10 seconds. I was like, see ya, like, big hug, like, just like <laughs> – then I, like, trotted, skipped into the security line, like, beaming ear to ear. And it was so crazy like because on a cloud and rainbows. Yeah. I was like, la di da da bye mom and dad. Ha ha ha. But yeah, and like it was so crazy because like I had no idea what I was gonna do. I didn't even know if our apartment was legit at this time. Like I didn't know if I was gonna have any friends. I didn't know if I was gonna get a job. It was just so many unknowns, but I was still just like so just like ha ha ha. And then this week for some reason, I'm like telling them bye and I'm like sobbing. Like I'm like <gasps> like like the people in the TSA line were giving me hugs. Like it was, I obviously looked really concerningly sad because the people in TSA were like, cheer up, baby. Like, I mean, they were so great. Shout out to the Memphis TSA agents. But like, I was like so much more sad to leave this time. And I was trying to do a little bit of like self-reflection. I was talking to some of my friends about it. And I feel like maybe because the first time I went, I was so like nervous and kind of excited that I didn't really have as much space to be like sad. And Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to expect. And maybe this time, like, I feel – which I feel like it should have been easier. Like, I knew everything, but I don't know why. I was just, like, a lot more sad. I was, like, sobbing. But um, that was definitely my low. And then my high was that I stopped in the middle of going home um, in San Diego. So I'm in California for, like, four or five days. And I went to this really cool place this week called um, Catalina Island. 
and I had never heard about it before, but um, it's a little island off of, it's technically part of LA County. It's like a, you get on a little ferry ride. It's like a whole other country. It's it's insane. I think there's like 4,000 yeah. people that live on the island. And it, it was just beautiful. Yeah, a really fun time. Um, so yeah, like a really low, low, but also good highs. And what about you? What's your high and low of the week? You know, honestly, I was thinking about this today. I, um, I've i just felt a lot of joy this past week. It snowed here in Nashville. I'm not a huge fan of cold, but it was fun. You know, the my roommate and I watched Harry Potter movies all day. And then this weekend, I got to see friends that I haven't seen in a long time. And we just had a really fun weekend. And I've just felt like so content that I honestly like can't really think of a low which I'm sure there was something, but right now it's just, I feel like I'm in a state of joy, which I'm very appreciative to be in. I'm glad you could feel joyful while I was hyperventilating in there. <laughs> I guess my low was saying bye to you. Was that this week? Yeah, um, yeah I guess it was. I don't even know at this point. My days are running together. Yeah, and I still don't really know. Milo was definitely saying bye to you. It's always hard and I always cry every single time. Thank you. Yeah, I just – I also talked about this, about this on Instagram this week, but I literally hate saying bye to people. Like – Yeah. I talked about it on Instagram. I'd rather just Irish goodnight everyone because I hate the whole like process of saying bye and like the hours leading up to it. And our family too. Like mom has always been terrible at goodbyes. We have to say bye like 50 times and then you say bye again at the door and then you say bye again at the car. Yeah, our family is really bad at saying byes. Um, I really think if my mom could have like followed me throughout the security line and like went through TSA on the conveyor belt and go to the other side and like hold my hand at the gate, she would have done it. My dad was like holding her back like, Christy, like let her go. And my mom was like... Like, you know, it was just, it was a whole sad thing, but I think no one likes saying byes. Mom comes in the end of the driveway and like into the street every time I leave Oxford. Yeah. Please go inside. It's raining. Like crying, crying. Um, Yeah. I just hate saying bye. You know, I put on Instagram and I put like a question box, like how to make saying bye easier. And people had so much good advice, you know, like. I saw that. If you never tell people bye, then you never get to see them again and like Mm -hmm. be so happy about it. And I'm, okay, I'm going to lead into something that I'm excited about. Wait, Um, I never said my hi. Your whole thing was a high. I have a, you were like, I have no lows because I had so many I highs. have a specific high if you'd let me talk about it. Okay, go ahead. I just did a yoga workshop at Shakti Yoga here in Nashville. It was an intention setting workshop. Stop laughing. <laughs> I, every week, y'all, every week. It's like my high is um, – I'm like, yeah, my high was like this and that. Now I was like, I did a breathwork class. I did yoga <laughs> I love it. No, I'm glad that's your high. It's just like I need to, we need to go back and like splice together all of your highs that have been about like yoga, breath work, meditation. But that's where I am right now. You know what? I'm happy to be here. Uh, but we did do breath work. <laughs> it was really cool. But just if you're confused, it's a different breath work than the last yeah. one. Yeah. But, but what it was, was this one? It was so different because the last time I did it, I think I just had a lot because it was back in November. And I think I was just releasing a lot. And so like, it was intense, but this one, like, I just felt so joyful. Like when I did it, it's crazy because some people just have it whenever they do breath work, like some people like cry and they have like sadness and it's just crazy. Like how you can feel such an intense range of emotions, but I set some intentions for the year. Um, My friend Rachel went with me and it was really great. It's awesome. I cannot wait to hear about what you do next week. 
in the woo-woo realm. I love it. No, that is something I really was thinking about this the other day. I did get some new crystals. Oh, what'd you get? Um, When we were in New Orleans, I got... uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Goldstone or something, right? You have it. It's funny that we both were, like, drawn to it sometimes. This is weird because Allie... So we were at the crystal store, and I was, like, doing my own thing. We didn't plan to go. Like, we were just walking by one. Yeah, New Year's Day, we randomly stumbled across a crystal store. The first thing I bought this year was a crystal bracelet, so I'm proud of that. But um, I was looking at the bracelets, and Allie checks out, and she literally purchased the exact same crystal I had just bought in Colorado. I never even showed it to you. Yeah, I walked in and was just immediately drawn to these two. It was goldstone and then green calcite. And goldstone is um, the little card says enhances leadership skills. And then green calcite is fosters release of resentment and self-improvement. Love. But yeah, I just walked in. I was like, okay, these are the two that I want. And I feel like last time we were at the crystal shop, we were in there forever. Which one? In Hawaii. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the one in Hawaii, it's like a fever dream. Like I, there's so many things and I walk out like seven hours later and I'm like spent $300 and I'm confused. <laughs> so yeah, that is, um, that's good. Um, oh, I was thinking about this the other day, but I know Hawaii has a bunch of good, because I've really enjoyed yoga. Like the other day, um, my first like full day in California and San Diego, we went to a restorative yoga class and it literally was, you know, restorative yoga, I think is just another word for like lay on the floor, mm-hmm. but it was so fun because I just lay on the floor. We did some, it was like, okay, it was more than just laying on the floor. It was deep stretch, restorative yoga. Yin was actually the proper name for it but it was such a good time and I know there's a bunch of good studios in Hawaii I've never really looked into so I think in this new year I'm going to really try to investigate like some yoga studios and joining maybe find one by my house the thing about it is like you hold so much emotion in your body that you don't really even realize and so yoga just helps you get into your body and like you know feel things that you might have been not letting come up or getting over blocks that you may have so i'm actually going to a yo- yoga nidra class tonight i'm sure you are <laughs> <laughs> i love yoga nidra i'm kidding no shade but um, we really should do a yoga episode because we're very we i we both really got into that um, what are you holding few months it's a um, muscle muscle massager so basically i'm in california i have a new little boo thing um Ew, I hate that term. I hate that I just said that. I hate that I just said that. Um, I have a new crush, and that's who I'm visiting in California right now. And he is an athlete, so he has all these like um, athletic re- recovery devices around his room. Like I'm literally currently surrounded by like four of them right now, and I've been like holding this one. It kind of looks like a um, an instrument. <laughs> so, anyways, um, okay, going off of that. <laughs> Um, let's go back to what I'm excited about. Okay. So going off of having to say bye to people, I will say, so I, like, I refer to my time in Hawaii still in college terms. So like, for example, I'm leaving winter break right now and I'm going into the spring semester of Hawaii. Um, mm-hmm. and I, cause I think, I feel like everyone does that when they graduate. Cause it's like what you're used to like referring to time as, but yeah. um, my spring semester in Hawaii is looking really great because so this week on Thursday, my best friend Erica's coming to Hawaii. She's never been to see me before. So she's coming. And then that's January. And then into February and for my birthday, my other best friend Libby's coming. 
And then mom and dad just booked their trip for the beginning of April. So I have like a lot of people that I'm really, really excited to see who are coming to visit me. And I've kind of learned that when you move far away, something that really helps you is like having people like to look forward to seeing. So like, I know that Mm -hmm. it's making it really easy to transition back because I know Erica will be there. And I feel like when people come, you do so many more activities, you know, because you're like, show them around. So I have a lot of people that are coming to see me um, in the spring that I'm really excited about. So that kind of helps me. Again. Yeah, I, I feel like I already feel like you are going to come again. I just don't know when, but I have that like. I know I have this. I have this feeling like we will be together in Hawaii sooner yeah. than we think. Um, but I think that that's a good thing. Like, as sad as it is to tell people bye, like I wouldn't have all these things to look forward to, you know, if yeah. I was just with them all the time. So. Yeah, if you're moving far away. That's something that people said, though, in the question box about about saying bye. was like, always know when you're going to see each other again. I think that makes it a lot more doable to tell people bye. So, yeah, what are you excited about? I'm really excited about um, my yoga nidra class tonight. And next week, it's going to be your high. No, that's – yoga nidra is so relaxing. It's basically just, like, sleep. Yeah, it's just sleep. I've actually never done yoga nidra before. Oh, really? I did it with mom and dad. Yeah, I remember dad telling me he immediately fell asleep. Yeah, he was like over there with his mouth like wide open. I was like, I'm sure. Awesome. Um, but that's good. Yeah, lots lots of things going on to be excited and happy about. So I feel like, was it last episode that we talked about how I always have seasonal depression? Um, like I hate January and February? Maybe. I know we've talked about it. But I feel like oh, yeah. I haven't experienced that so far i mean granted it is only january 9th so it could get go downhill from here but i feel like it's been a really joyful week of january so yeah my like perception of january is so skewed because i'm like in hot weather you know yeah that's true Mm, stretching stretching okay yeah, and I kind of took your advice, having things to look forward to, like even little things. I have some trips coming up that I'm excited about and just always having something coming up that you're looking forward to. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important. Okay, so first week of January, we talked about mental health. Second week, mm-hmm. we talked about physical health. Third week, we are like pivoting real far and we're talking about career coaching. I think this episode is going to be really helpful and really informative for a lot of people out there who may feel unsure about yeah. things coming up, time to graduate, being adults. It's so scary. But honestly, when you break it down and use some of Darcy's tips, I feel like mm-hmm. it's a lot less intimidating. I don't even think it's a pivot from what we've been talking about. I mean, like your career is a huge part of your life and it could lead to anxiety True. for sure. True. But yeah, I I really liked talking with Darcy. I think that she had a lot of great advice for people just graduating to people that, you know, are at a turning point in their career and want to do something different. And um, yeah, really, really excited for people to listen. Yeah. So without further ado, we would like to welcome Darcy Smith, career coach and job extraordinaire. Tell us a little bit about what you do and your path to becoming a career coach. Definitely. So I came out of my MBA program, my master's program, and I told myself I wanted to get a job in corporate and really try out that life and see what it was like. Um, So I got into a corporate position 
it was like a management trainee role where I kind of got to learn all aspects of the business. Um, from there, I felt like I wanted a little bit more of my own, like I was in charge of my own paycheck. So that brought me into sales, um, which then led me to the path of what do I want to sell? And ironically enough, working in recruiting is very much selling people's personalities to fit the culture of a company. So for me, I was able to combine kind of my love for sales and my love for people. And I got into recruiting and was doing that for four years. Um, all the while, like career coaching, prepping people for interviews, going over resumes. And so just this year in June, I decided to go out on my own, um, start my own recruiting firm and also start my own career coaching company. So now I help people write their resumes, cover letters, basically create a job search strategy to feel like way more confident when going into their job search. Like I get so much fulfillment out of it. So it really just like, it's all worth it. And I think, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but just like that whole passion thing that people talk about, I was kind of always on the side of, yeah, but also I just kind of need to make money. <laughs> but now mm. that I'm like doing my own thing and kind of have found that passion, like it really does kind of set you like on a whole different path. Yeah. So doing like the resumes and helping people with career coaching, that was kind of like a side hustle it started out as, and now it's kind of yes. a full-time job. That's yeah. Amazing. So start out as a side hustle. I was recruiting and then kind of doing that on the side because there's a lot of people that came to me that wanted jobs that I couldn't help because I couldn't place them anywhere. But I was like, Hey, like, I'd love to like coach you, help you through this like time in your life or your transitioning careers. Um, and so I just kind of started out doing it for free. And then from there, it just kind of morphed into, okay, I think I can charge for this, right? Like I have the experience mm -hmm. and I'm putting the time in. And so that's kind of where it started. And then I got on TikTok, got on social media. And then from there, like, all of my bookings come straight from social media. Wow. That's incredible. I saw on your Instagram that you found over 3,000 people jobs. Yeah. That's insane. That's incredible. Yeah. I do like a little tally system on my computer, which I, again, helps me in like my passion project. So whether it's I'm working with these people or they, they email me and say, hey, I found your tips online and I got a job from them. I tally each one of those, like each message I get. And so I've just been kind of keeping a running tab. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> And it's only been, what, a year since you've been doing it full-time? Yeah, it's about a year. Wow. So I kind of started it, I guess, like beginning of 2021 was as the side hustle. And then I officially was like, okay, I'm doing this full-time around June, July. So um, I guess about six months or so of like just this. But um, but yeah, a year in terms That's of- That's huge. 3,000 people in a year. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. so incredible. So for people listening, what are some of your best resume and cover letter tips? Because I feel like a lot of people really don't know where to even start, you know? Yeah. No, it's a great question. I think just hearing little tips and tricks here and there is always just nice to kind of like jot down. Um, so obviously it's a, a big loaded question, but just to give a few like when the like what people are looking for in a resume is to have something pop off the page right away and that they know they want to interview you. The key thing to remember and that I teach everyone is your resume is not getting you the job. Your resume is getting you the interview. So just keep that in mind when you're writing your resume. It doesn't have to be everything you've ever done. You're just trying to tailor it to the person that's opening it. Hey, I need to interview this person. Like that's what you want them to think. And so when you look at the job description, you see they really care about someone that has experience in podcasting or someone that has experience in working in Canva, social media, that stuff should be right at the top of your resume. So that's my, my number one. <laughs> yeah, I love that. What about cover letters? I feel like those are tricky. 
Yeah. Everyone hates them too, which is funny. Um, I mean, I hate them personally. So the thing about cover letters is still to this day, they're needed. And mostly because people want to see some personality. So a resume only goes so far. It's like the highlight reel of just like, Hey, I've done this, this, and this. Now here's a little bit more about like the things I'm passionate about. Um, why I want to interview for this position specifically. It's way more of like, this is a letter to the person reading this of like, I really like that you guys did X, Y, and Z, right? You see something on their website. So you get excited about that and you want to talk about that. So when it comes to a cover letter, my two biggest things are one, always submit one. (laughs) And two, try and make it as, again, tailored as possible to the role. Um, I used to work for like a, a few companies and they would literally tell me, hey, we don't care if you read the cover letter, just make sure the person sent one in because to us that shows that they went above and beyond. So we don't care what they wrote, just want to make sure they sent it and now you can interview them. Would you recommend kind of having like a, is it bad to have a like pre-written cover letter that you just kind of like change around a little bit? Or do you think every cover letter should be written from the start? Does that make sense? No, that's a great question. Um, I recommend having one template that kind of mm-hmm. goes along the lines of like, and you can have little spaces in there of like, this is where I'm going to insert the company name. This is where I'm going to insert yeah. the company position. And then maybe like two sentences, three sentences that you always change. Keep it easy on yourself. Mm-hmm. I tell people every single time they interview or like, sorry, submit for a new role. It shouldn't take longer than five, six minutes to tailor around the resume and cover letter to each position. Because I think sometimes people don't want to do cover letters and I'm speaking from personal experience because it's it seems so lengthy but if you have that pre-formatted cover letter just kind of make sure you change it all though because it would be really unfortunate if they did read it (laughs) in two different companies double check for sure (laughs) so what advice would you have for people that have no idea what they want to do and you know where should they start yeah great question I think that that's most of us especially coming out of school I think we come out of school so young and for me specifically, I went and, and did business thinking like, oh, I'll figure it out along the way. Four years later, I still had no clue what I wanted to do. Um, and so what I definitely recommend is writing down like pros and cons that you want out of life. So like not career, but just your life. Like what is important to you? Is important to you to spend more time with your family? Is important to you to make as much money as possible? If you have that list down, then you can start to go and go to LinkedIn search some companies that look interesting to you. And my biggest piece of advice is to actually go on LinkedIn and send requests to people that work at those companies and say, Hey, I'm interested in applying to here. Like, would you mind if we did a a quick coffee chat? I mean, like over zoom, right? So I could just learn a little bit more about your role at the company. You're not asking them for a referral. You're not asking them, you know, to look at your resume. You just want to know about, is this somewhere I would want to work at? And do that for like five or 10 companies and just kind of start to get to know like what you like and don't like. I never did that when I came out of school. I just kind of like went with something that worked, you know, got the job, was like, okay, sure, I'll take it. And without really knowing like what I was getting myself into. So Mm -hmm. I think if you have the opportunity to take that time and really look into that, it's it'll be huge. That's great advice. I feel like it's hard to know what the company culture is unless you're in it. So sometimes you go into a job with like, a whole different idea of what the company is actually like. So I love that reaching out to people that are working there. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people really want to help. Like people, I'm people message me all the time on LinkedIn. And I mean, there's a, there's a difference between a message that you can tell people are just wanting something and then that they genuinely want to learn from you. Um, so when people send me a message like, Hey, like, I really want to learn from you. I'd love to like pick your brain for five, 10 minutes about this, this, and this, like typically I'm happy to do so. Right. Like I, I want to help people. So, um, 
like, I think just go for it. And if they don't respond, I mean, you're in the same boat you are now. So (laughs) what does it matter, you know? Yeah, I think that's so helpful. I feel like I never even had heard that. Like, I've never heard that advice given before. So I'm, I'm already learning things. I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't either. Oh, good. Good. That's what we're here for. So I'm glad. <laughs> so, what are some of the best ways to feel confident in an interview and how should you prepare? Yeah. So, the number one question I get, like in my DMs or messages at all, like, is how do I come across more confident or how do I not get nervous in an interview? And unfortunately it happens, but I think the difference is embracing it versus thinking that's such a bad thing. Most people understand that there is a sense of nervousness, but if you come across that you're prepared, it kind of like fades away. So one big thing when it comes to confidence is body language, how you're pronouncing things like your tone of voice. You you can't tell because this is a obviously a recording, but if you saw me right now, I use my hands constantly. And that's like a very big form of confidence is like being able to express something, understand a process and explain the process. So when preparing for an interview, I always recommend not only going to their website, but going to their social medias, actually typing in, like, let's say you're interviewing at Google, actually go to Google, type in Google in the news, in the search bar and see what the latest things are about their company. It's such a different way to understand something about a company and they're so impressed. And again, the more, you know, the more confident you feel. So preparation is key. And then again, just like tone of voice and like presentation shoulders back, you know, the typical body language things you've probably heard before. I like what you said about, um, uh, you know, everyone is nervous before interviews, but I read something recently about reframing nervous, being nervous into being excited. So instead yeah. of like feeling nervous, you're like, you know what? I'm just excited. Like this is excitement. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just gasped because I, <laughs> I just had a therapy session like two weeks ago and it was the exact same thing. I was talking to her about like my anxiety and she was like, let's reframe the anxious to excitement. Yeah. Cause like, if you tell a child that like that, all that feeling that they have, like they register it as excitement. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. So now I'm like, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, oh, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> I think I heard about it on a podcast about anxiety or something. So right there with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. That was me yesterday. I was I found myself thinking about like all these, you know, things are coming up, like moving back and I'm going to go back to work and all stuff. And I was like, I feel like, I think I'm anxious. And I was like, no, I think I'm actually excited. And I literally <laughs> said the exact same thing yesterday. So that is weird that we all brought that Mm -hmm. up. But um, I think that's, I think, you know, even if you find that you're a really confident person and you would describe yourself as being confident, I don't think anyone walks to an interview with 0% nerves. Like I think everyone has at least that little bit of, you know, my palms are kind of sweaty. So I think it's good to remember that everyone feels that way. And I'm sure the Mm -hmm. person that you're interviewing with has once felt that way. So it's not like you're like the first person ever who's been nervous. So. Right. And I always tell people interviewing is exactly like dating. So like that same feeling of excitement or nerves that you get on that first date, same thing with an interview and just carry that like the same way you want to have a conversation. You not only want to ask them questions, but you hope that, you know, your date is asking you questions back. Like that's the way you want to think of an interview. And for some reason it registers pretty well with people. They're like, all right, I'm just going on my first date. (laughs) Like we're good. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's a good way to think about it. Um, so I graduated last May, so I feel like this kind of 
I can relate with this, but what should people who are coming out of college or no, when should people who are coming out of college start looking for jobs and where is the best place to start? Because I think last year, some people started in August, right? When we started school. And then I found myself kind of feeling behind and then people would say, oh, it's too early. So when is the best time in your opinion and where should you start? Yes. Um, so looking for jobs is different than applying to jobs. So looking for jobs, to me, that means networking, constantly kind of putting your name out there, like, hey, this is something I'm interested in. Start doing those LinkedIn outreach. I would say start doing this. I mean, you could do that, you know, freshman year of college, right? Mm -hmm. That's a little extreme, but why not get yourself in the mindset? Start making these connections and then maybe you'll get like a, you know, six week internship or something like that. So when it comes to looking for jobs, I would say like your whole last senior year, kind of have it on your mind because that way the stress doesn't hit those last couple of months. Um, but I would say most people that are like graduating in that May timeframe, I usually tell them like right when that new year hits, you can be looking for jobs. Um, mm-hmm. There's some companies that want you to commit to them like a year in advance. Like I've seen it happen. Um I think that's doing yourself a disservice. Like there's so many opportunities out there and many companies that want to hire people within a three month time frame that you're going to miss out on because you're like, well, I've already committed. Like, you know, I have a job set. Like, even if that's the case, maybe keep interviewing. Like it's your life. You know, you're not going to burn bridges. You just tell them like, Hey, I ended up finding something else. And people totally respect that, especially when you're coming out of school. Um, So to answer your question, like actually applying about three months is like the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think it's different for different um, careers too. Like in PR and marketing, people want to hire you like next week. But right. my friends that are accountants, like they were hired a year in advance. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like once you start making those connections and you start to realize like, oh, okay, in, the, in this industry, this is more of what it's going to look like. Or maybe they want to like onboard me like three months in advance before I even finish school. They want to onboard me part time so I can learn everything, do all the like training. And then I have a full time job when I'm done. Like that's very doable too. And you can kind of talk to them about that in your interview. Um, And so, and then like preparing wise, I mean, again, it's the more, you know, right. So the more you can like research different companies, different industries. um, I'm just like a big advocate for LinkedIn. I think it's your best friend. Um, Every single company nowadays is on TikTok, which is hilarious, but like such an Mm -hmm. easy way to grab like 10 to 30 second, like clips about a company, what their culture is like. Like you can tell a lot just from their TikTok page. Right. So I highly, highly like use social media to your advantage. Absolutely. And I think another thing that I've really used a lot through life, not even with jobs, just anything is like finding someone. So I remember there were a bunch of girls who were older than me in my sorority. And I, I saw what they did post-grad and I was like, that looks so awesome. Like, I wonder how they got into that and just kind of messaging them like, Hey, how did you find your job? Like, what what do you think about it? And just kind of like maybe reaching out to like four or five different fields of, you know, work or whatever. Even if you do like a big major at Ole Miss is integrated marketing communications. And I think a lot of people listening are probably that major, but there's so many jobs that fall under that category. So just kind of reaching out and be like, what do you think about your job? How yes. did you get it? Mm-hmm. I think networking is the biggest service you can kind of do to find jobs and stuff. Most of the, right. most of the internships and stuff I did were all from knowing someone who – yeah, knew someone else. So exactly. I think networking is a scary word for people. So I always like to say like, oh, just like making connections, asking your friends, like which yeah. is networking. But when you start to use the word networking, everyone like clams up and they're like, I don't want to go talk to people. <laughs> so I always say like, just use what you have to your advantage. Um, okay. So let's say you got the job, you've been working there for a while. How 
should someone go about asking for a raise and when is the right time to do so? Yeah. So I heard from my mentor that if you aren't doing something every six months, that's a problem. And by doing something, I mean, something should be changing. That should either be a conversation about a raise, a promotion, um, taking on more responsibility. Six months is a short amount of time, but it doesn't. So like I said, it doesn't mean you have to get a raise every six months. It more so means like, okay, I should have accomplished something in these six months. Let's talk to my boss about like maybe taking on some other type of responsibility. Because ideally in one year, that's when you should be like hard asking for a raise. And if you have taken on those responsibilities, it's much easier to say, hey, over this past year, I've done this, 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 taken on this extra responsibility. I think I deserve about five to 7% more, you know, blah, blah, blah. So in terms of asking for a raise, I would say a year is comfortable, but don't be afraid if you feel like you've put in that extra work to kind of start to have that conversation around six months. Is the five to 7%, is that the typical increase for a raise? It definitely depends on where you live and what your responsibility, you know, if you have a title change, if responsibilities have changed. Um, my like previous corporate job, the like typical annual raise, if you were doing all the right things was 3%. I was also living in Los Angeles. So I always asked for more, but typically I would say like 5% is comfortable, but there's definitely ways, like if you've been there, you know, two, three years, if you were to go out and actually go get a different job at a different company, the statistics say you should be making about 20% more if you switch companies. And right now it's about 30 because companies are like dying wow. people. So it's good to be like, Hey, like I've been here three years. I do want to stay loyal, but here, look, I need to be up at this level now because of what I've, you know, how much of an asset I am to your team at this point. So you can mm -hmm. start to ask for more, obviously, like the more leverage you gain by being there. Allie, you, we've had this conversation before, but you told me one time there's you can ask for more things other than just like oh yeah raise. Well, I think negotiating is so important too because it's not just money that you can negotiate for. Like I've negotiated for unlimited vacation. If they're not giving you as much money, like what else can you you know work in? Is it like a work from home day, like twice a week or something like that? Um, so I think that that's important to think about too. Yeah, there's so many different things you can leverage, um, especially nowadays. I mean, you can talk about remote opportunity. Yeah, you can talk about flexible work schedule. Um, anything it doesn't always have to be like money or monetary, but just having the conversation of like, hey, I want to talk about like my progression here. That's the mm -hmm. key. Yeah. So what advice would you have for someone who is looking to make a change or pivot careers? Yeah, this is a big one. I think when you're pivoting careers, the biggest thing to do, and this is like what I like any of my like clients, I have them do this right away is write down the worst case scenario. So like, it sounds weird, but I kind of live my life this way. If I were to make this move, if I were to get a new dog, if I were to, I mean, any type of big decision, worst case scenario, if you can't handle that, then you probably shouldn't do it. So if you're looking to transition careers, think to yourself, like, what's the worst case scenario in this decision? Am I willing to deal with that, put up with that, you know, get through that? Like when you're moving into maybe being an entrepreneur, if you're switching careers, maybe I work with a lot of teachers who are getting out of education, moving into more corporate roles. Like, what are you giving up to get there? And once you can recognize that and be like, I'm perfectly okay with that and I'm ready to make this move, that is like the number one thing you should always start with. And then, of course, you, you have to go through the whole strategy of like, 
what, how am I going to transfer my skills into something new? But I think definitely start with that and then you can kind of progress from there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of my friends and people at my age are kind of going through that right now. We're getting closer to 30 and we've been working, you know, for a couple of years and you start to realize like, Hey, I actually want to try something new because like you said, when you come out of college, you're so young, you don't really know what you want to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Transition careers is, I mean, it's huge and people like consider it one of the biggest changes of their lives, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. you're so right. It happens right around 30, I would say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, like COVID and, you know, the pandemic and everything kind of opened my eyes up to like, there's different things I can actually be doing. And I think that a lot of people get set on like, this is what most people do. And I think that could apply for people your age too, Allie. Now that we've gone through this weird like life change, people are kind of mm-hmm. starting to think like, oh, I might want to try something new because oh yeah, everything's always changing. So I think that's good. That's yeah. good advice. You guys have probably heard about the great resignation, right? Where it's yeah. Like everybody's quitting their job right now because they had these thoughts from COVID of like, what am I doing with my life? I can be doing so many other things. And so now people are kind of pursuing those things and like chasing after their passions and pretty cool to see. It's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. What are some of the most in-demand jobs that you're seeing right now? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. In-demand. I would say anything revolving around social media, um, Mm -hmm. just because it's such a booming industry. So whether that be tech related, um, working within like a, like an agency or a team. Um, So, but I would say like, just if we're talking overall, like tech is always going to be something that's needed. And just because it's tech doesn't mean you have to be, you know, a computer science person. Like I, yeah, don't, don't sign me up for trying to make a website. Like I cannot do that, but you can sign me up for maybe selling a tech product. Like I'd love to talk to people about a tech product. So there's so many different um, spaces within tech that you can get into. And I think it's just like an ever growing market. Um, so definitely I would say, and you've probably heard this, but I would say definitely kind of looking into that. And, and there's a lot of people that have gotten into it lately without having a degree. So you can get like certain certifications and to get those qualifications as well. Yeah. That's, that's, I was thinking about that the other day. Cause I feel like, you know, nowadays there's like TikTok, like a lot of people like, I don't understand how to do TikTok. Now all these people coming out of college are like, oh, I can do it. Like, let me show you. So I think it is good that social media provides so many different Kind of like opportunities. Yeah. And it's cool to see these jobs that didn't exist 20 years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a whole industry that didn't exist, like billions of dollars. And I mean, I worked with someone recently that she was so gung ho about getting into, like, she didn't want to be an influencer, but she thought the world of influencing and cr- content creation was so interesting. And I was like, well, have you like messaged any of your favorite influencers? And she was like, no, are you kidding? Why would I do that? And I'm like, because you can ask them for a job. (laughs) So I just had her like email, like all of these, like her favorite YouTubers, favorite Instagrammers. And she had like multiple interviews to like assist them and and, like help them with content creation. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love that. Or getting into like influencer marketing. That's a huge thing now. They Mm -hmm. need people who understand how all those things work. Yeah. We actually hired two girls right after college for my company. I work for the home edit and we hired two people just to make TikTok videos and Instagram. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell us about some of the, I know you've already talked about some of the services that you've offered, um, but where can our listeners find you? And if they wanted to maybe seek out your help in their job yeah. hunting, where would they go about doing that? 
Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, so my everything, like all my socials are career coach Darcy and Darcy is spelled D-A-R-C-I. Um, so on TikTok, on Instagram, you can definitely always, always connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, my last name's Smith. So just Darcy Smith and I should come right up. Um, and connecting with me on LinkedIn, not only to, I mean, you're, you're welcome to send me a message, but more so to get connected with my network. I have oh gosh, maybe like 18 to 20,000 connections on LinkedIn. So just kind of being a part of that network um, to kind of get yourself started too. Um, But yeah, I answer all of my DMs on Instagram. So if you have any questions, I'm happy to help. That's perfect. We'll put the link of your LinkedIn in the bottom of the show notes. So everyone start clicking. We like to end the episode with two different things. So the first one is, Do you have a mantra or something that you're like currently living by right now you could share with us? Yeah. Um, I have a lot. (laughs) I've gotten really into this like woo-woo lately and I'm like all for it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Give me everything universe. But I would say recently, (laughs) this is going to be a little off, but uh, Mike Tyson (laughs) has this quote and I might butcher it, but like I have it pretty much there. So it's like, you have to be the champion before you become the champion is what he says. And so basically what that means is manifesting, right? So he does all the things that a champion would do. And then he is the champion, right? So I kind of just always keep that with me as I do everything. Like when I started my social media, I was like, I mean, I literally had 200 followers and this was a year ago. Um, And so doing it, I was like, I'm already, you know, like each time I made a video, I pretended like there was millions of people watching, right? Like I just put myself in that space. Um, And so, yeah, I've kind of just always taken that with me. You're speaking our language. Yeah. (laughs) I love, we're big manifestors. Do you have a favorite manifesting um, technique or something that you do a lot? Um, I don't, okay. This is kind of odd. Maybe I don't know if this is like a technique, but I mean, I I think it is, but basically like sometimes either at night before I go to bed, I start my thoughts with like the action of doing what it is that I want. So as I'm going to bed, like I have this huge manifestation that I'm going to be on big brother. I don't know if you guys know that reality show, but I'm obsessed with it and (laughs) I've just always known I'm going to be on it. Um, So one day, hold me to that. But um, so as I go to bed, I like envision myself in an episode. So I like play out the whole episode as I fall asleep. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Speaking into existence. There you go. (laughs) On Big Brother, we'll we'll promote this episode. But I I feel like all of our episodes somehow like add in manifesting in some way, shape or form. But I think that's how most people who are successful kind of get to that point. So I'd yeah. like to hear about how other people do it. How, how, how were you able to grow your social media so much in a year? Yeah, I, um, so TikTok and Instagram are so very different. Um, lately t- Instagram has been taking from TikTok in the sense of like the video content, mm-hmm. but when it comes to TikTok, the way I grew it, um, I told myself for three months, I was going to post three to four videos every single day. And I didn't care if it was like the best quality perfection, anything like that. It was just like, get the information to the people. And so I did 15 second videos of just like what to have on your resume, what to do this. It was all educational. And then I threw in some entertainment. Like on one video, I literally pour coffee on my head just as like a a marketing tactic (laughs) Mm -hmm. and just things like that, that kind of are, are engaging. And maybe they'll like, I mean, I definitely got a lot of hate for that video, but it's one of those things where like it's talked about, right? So in my mind, I mean, I got my master's in marketing. So like I kind of use those like techniques. Um, so how I grew it was just like consistency. And you probably heard this a lot, but just like constant posting 
And the people that want to follow you will continue to follow you. And the people that get annoyed of you will just make their way out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then same with Instagram. I mean, I kind of just found my tribe and I use stories as a way to kind of vlog. Like I just kind of talk about what I'm doing, what my thoughts are for the day. And then my posts are very strategic and more so educational. And that's perfect because I'm sure people kind of connect with you as a person on your stories and then on your feed is where they can learn. So I think that's mm-hmm. – I think the biggest thing to growing social media is just being relatable and like kind of getting over mm-hmm. like being embarrassed to like share your life because if people are like invested in you, they want to hear about what you – they want to hear about your daily thoughts, you know. I always tell people yeah. that. No, definitely. And I, I was always nervous that people would stop following me once they found a job. Like, oh, okay, I used her for what I needed her for. You know, I got all of her tips and tricks, got a job. Okay, I can unfollow. And I love, like, I get a lot of messages saying, like, I've stuck around for your content just because, like, I like what you post and I love watching your stories. And I was like, wow, that means, like, so much. It means it's working, right? Yeah. So my hope is that, like, I continue to be that person for people. Um, and maybe one day in the future, I don't have to always post about career, you know, <laughs> advice. I can kind of be a little bit more me. Um, but for now, I just love that like people are getting that education piece out of it. And yeah, any message I get that when they say they get a job from my tips, I'm just like, oh, it like fuels me. So, yeah. Well, it's yeah. great to keep in the know about what's going on, like what is popular with resumes or what kind of jobs are in demand, that sort of thing. So I think that that's good that people continue to follow you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Okay. So the second thing that we like to end each episode with is a would you rather question. They're kind of all over the place, fun, whatever. But this week we are doing, would you rather always be 10 minutes late or 20 minutes early? Oh, 20 minutes early. For sure. I mean, you're asking the girl who has to arrive (laughs) at interviews, right? (laughs) If I said 10 minutes late, everyone would be like never hiring her for a career coach again. Um, Yes. I, this, I mean, I might as well speak to this because going on interviews nowadays, if you show up to an interview late, I mean, that's a complete write-off obviously. Um, and I know maybe you, you weren't specifically talking about interviews, but I'm going (laughs) to take it and run with it. Um, but just so everyone gets a little bit of, of that piece, it's, if you show up, you want to show up to a a video interview and you want to be the first one in the video chat room. So get in five minutes early and you want the other people to be accepting you into the room. And then of an interview where you're actually in person, you want to be there about 15 minutes early. Any earlier than that, it can come off a little bit rude, like you're like you're wanting them to take away from their time to come interview you now. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, but obviously, yeah, sorry to tangent, but no, to answer your no, question. That's great. Really that's nice. great. I feel like that's a good question that people need to hear because I think people aren't unsure. Like, I don't want to seem like I'm bugging them and I'm like weirdly mm-hmm. lingering, but obviously no one wants to be late. I would say for the would you rather, I would – probably always be early because like I I, obviously for an interview but just for like any other life stuff I get really like I hate being rushed Mm -hmm. yeah so and when people are rushing me I start to get really like kind of like wigged out so I would say 20 minutes early for me as well yeah I feel like for work stuff I am pretty good at being on time and early but in like personal life I feel like I'm either like right on the dot or a little bit after like never really yeah Allie takes a long time to get ready if we're talking about a party, like I do want to maybe be fashionably late. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always the last one, like getting ready. I'm always ready last. So Yeah, but it's weird because you're always the first one to start getting ready, but then the last yeah, one Yeah, I know. It really know. doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the older I've gotten, the more time I take to like get ready for things because I'm kind of like, do I really want to go? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's just 
getting older mindset. But anyways, um, Darcy, thank you so much for joining us. I think this episode is going to be so helpful. I wish I would have had this episode to listen to this time last year because <laughs> I think we covered a lot of things. And I was like, I was yeah. calling Allie, like, Allie, what, should I be applying for a job? Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you guys so much for having me. I know. And if anyone listens to this, we're going to put your LinkedIn below. But if anyone listens to this and they find a job from this information, be sure to message Darcy so she can add you to her her tally. So yes, definitely. Really great. Well, thank you so much.